Hello and welcome to Miss Checkpoints, the video game book club podcast. Today we're discussing Hyperlight Drifter. I'm Marcus and joining me today as always are the homies. First up we got Dante. I think we're on a Hyperlight beam. <laughs> Next we have Greg. What's going on? What's up? And last but not least we got the homie Trevor. This is Trevor and you're listening to the Kanye podcast. <laughs> uh... I'm going to kick it to Trevor so he can introduce the game or the album, whatever one. It's up to you, man. All right. So um, this month we played, actually the latter half of the month of July, uh, we started playing Hyperlight Drifter. And it is now, what, mid-August? So we, we, gave, it, we gave it a good bit of time. Um, but Hyperlight Drifter is um, an independent game that was developed by Heart Machine an independent video game develop, development studio that was founded by Alex Preston in 2013. And Alex, I don't think that's the... It's the um, government spelling of his name, but it's on the internet it's spelled A-L-X, um, Alex Preston. Um, but the studio was founded by Preston in 2013 to support development of Hyperlight Drifter. Um, a game that he was leading the development of during a crowdfunding campaign, and this was on Kickstarter. The name Heart Machine draws from various medical conditions related to congenital heart disease that Preston had suffered, and which were also inspirations for Hyperlight Drifter. And even during the development of Hyperlight Drifter, Alex Preston underwent um, heart surgery. And that's another reason why there are a lot of um, influences in this game from that experience that he had. Um, and even like throughout the development, he wasn't able to attend different events and conventions to promote the game. Except for, um, I think it was like a GDC event in 2017. But um, Hyperlight Drifter far exceeded its crowdfunding goals. Um, which allowed Preston to establish Heart, Mach- Heart Machine in Glitch Space, was, which was an open uh, cooperative office that he had previously helped establish in Culver City, California, and it was for other independent developers. Hyperlight Drifter was later released in 2016 to generally positive reviews and received several gaming award nominations. And... I don't know, I guess I have a habit of picking indie games that, um, or developers that have only uh, published one game, so there's not much history on this studio. Um, Like I said, the main team was composed of Alex Preston, who is the lead designer and animator, um, Bo Blythe, who is the lead programmer, and Rich Freeland, who did the musical score for the game. And the game pays homage to 8-bit and 16-bit games and is considered by its lead developer as a combination of The Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past, and Diablo. And then Preston originally launched a Kickstarter funding for the title um, for $27,000. And the game ended up being funded with more than $645,000, which went extremely um which was well funded and then um it allowed them to expand the title to different consoles uh, with their stretch goals 
and it was originally planned for release in 2014 and then they made various improvements on the game and also issues with Alex Preston's health that set back the release date. Um, the game did launch for uh, PlayStation 4, Xbox One in 2016 and then a special edition port of the game was made um, in 2018 and then for iOS devices in 2019 and I believe that is um, that is it as far as the studio um, pretty much all the sources I looked for had the same amount of information on them um, since same, this is, same information probably too yeah since you know this is a newer studio um, they are working on their second game which is set to release in October of this year that's right yep and just like the color scheme and things kind of have a similar through line on that game also that one's 3D, isn't it? Uh, it looks like it, yeah. Here? Yeah, I'm sure... Like yeah, I'm sure, you know, the funding and um, profit from Hyperlight Drifter that, that they received had a lot to do with that because even looking at some of the early gameplay footage of the game, they had a really small scope for this game, which I don't know if that was why it contributed to the 8-bit look. Um... Uh, but I mean, the, still, the animation is, is top notch in this game. But um, even up to the final product, they didn't change any of that. So I'm wondering if now that they um, they came up on some money, they were able to to put that into their next game. They probably just also had more opportunities to because or more funding because now they had a yeah. hit under their belt, so people were willing to probably take a risk and throw some money their way as well. Oh, and that was one thing I didn't mention. The first game, um, Hyperlight Drifter, was um, self-published, but Solar Ash will be published by Annapurna. So that's another the factor. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much for independent developers. Hmm. I mean, let's be honest. They probably got a game a month, at least. Yep. They'll be putting out oh, games. Game pass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's it as far as the intro. Um, I... Picked this game because I needed something that was um, a little bit more known than to pair with Raji when I put it on my list for y'all to vote for. Because I wanted y'all to be like, "Oh, there's something familiar. I've I've heard about this game, and it's it's gotten pretty favorable reviews." Smart. Use that one. You've learned. <laughs> Wait, Hyperlight Drifter? Never chose everything like. Nah, I don't. I don't I'm, I'm pulling up. Let me just check the receipts. Because I just was going to say, like, in I comparison. think that was Greg that said that. Yeah, I felt like I had put it on the list at one point, but derailed. But yeah, I'm pretty sure most of the games on my, the list that this game was on were. Um, I'm pretty sure y'all had to do some googling. Probably. He always has childlike. Let's I, be honest. I wanted y'all to Google like, that one too. That one plenty of times. I wanted y'all to Google that one too, just so y'all know what y'all are missing out on. Trevor's like, I want y'all to play this game that I really enjoy, so if you could just finally vote for it, I would really appreciate it. I mean, if y'all want to knock out games on my backlog, we can we can always do that. It's cool. mm. But I don't I don't want bonus game and you know I've got a ton of three and four hour games for bonus games if y'all are ready. Just let me know. <laughs> keep the keep them things on me. Oh, uh, the poll is no longer available, so I can't see what the 
your choices were. Oh, yeah. Rip. Actually, so, wait, no, I think it was Yes, Your Grace, Assassin's Creed, Freedom Cry, Child of Light, Hyperlight Drifter. Does that sound right? I think I've put those games on a list before. I don't think they were... No, they couldn't have been that list. Okay, well, never mind. This, that had to have been an older the list. Let's get into the game. Yeah. So what all, what all did y'all play it on? I played on PC. Thanks, Dante. Yeah, I used a controller. Yeah, I played on PC as well. Well, I guess I was the only one who played it on Switch then. Finally. <laughs> He's dying <laughs> to get a Switch game. <laughs> I'm playing everything on Switch if it's available. Have fun. This thing has come in handy. It, I was also traveling, so... Well, when I was traveling, I played Raji. But, um... But, yeah... Hyperlight Drifter was on Switch, so I went on ahead and got it on there. So, where do we want to start with Hyperlight Drifter? Y'all want to go into, um, I guess, we should kind of lay out the gameplay. Go ahead. So, um, it's a 2D action role-playing game. Um, you, It's pretty much in the style of Zelda, um, at least the, the 2D Zelda games. Um, and there is a ton of, um, or let me see, try not to go too much into the story, um, like as far as like how you get there, but, um, you have a, um, I mean, there are a couple of, uh, not necessarily, not necessarily RPG elements, but, um, you can upgrade your weapons. Um, you can get a few new weapons to use um, throughout the game, but essentially you are hacking and slashing. Or was I the only one playing that way? I was very uh, calculated, so you were the only one. <laughs> okay. Well, um, let's see. I'm trying to. Some of my notes were cut off on. How, so so um what did you what did you um you said you were like hack and slash how did you play dante i was primarily sword <laughs> a couple things yeah I, I think for the most part it was i guess i, I tried to do like a round but you get some more ability it might help if we yeah basic yeah. controls yeah so pretty much you have um two types of attacks when you first start off um, you can use your sword which is essentially a lightsaber and um, what do you use for that Y um, to to attack and eventually you can upgrade it by holding Y and that'll do like um, uh, basically the same move as, as Link and Zelda um, like a spinning strike that's if you upgrade it yeah, yeah. Um, then you also have um a gun, like Dante and Greg said, um, where you can use the left trigger to aim, or you can just kind of free aim by moving towards the direction that you want to shoot. And you start off with a pistol, and then you can get, um, I guess, the equivalent of like a shotgun, um, a, a, what do you call it, a, um, a rail gun. Uh, it's not a rocket launcher, maybe like a grenade launcher. But you I, don't... Hmm, go ahead. I, I was going to say, I, I, I think it was a grenade launcher. 
And then uh, you say the revolver too? Yeah. And none of these guns use ammo, uh, which is one of the cool things about the game. You refill or recharge the weapon. You recharge your um, your range weapons by um, hitting things with your sword. So if you destroy objects or hit enemies with your sword, um, it'll recharge your your um, ranged weapon um, in order to give you more shots. And you can also upgrade each of the guns to give you more shots. Um, another piece of equipment that you can upgrade is you get a, a grenade. I don't think I ever messed with those. Did y'all? I did. I did. Yeah. Man, y'all must have been. Must have you been already hard. know. <laughs> you right. already know. So you get grenades, and then you can also upgrade um, your mobility. So you can get like a dash. Um, well, you, you you already have a dash. You just have the ability right. to link link multiple dashes. And then, um, so that's pretty much your your standard setup as far as um, combat. They they yeah, also. I guess ha- one thing I wanted. To- I don't know if it's tech. It's definitely isometric, 2D isometric, like a traditional Zelda game. Mm-hmm. So it's not like the dash over, um, I guess, screen based. A Link to the Past dungeon would be one screen and then an exit point. And then as you travel throughout the game, in order to get those upgrades to your weapons, um, you find uh, batteries. Um, basically this, this entire game is like you're in in an apocalyptic world, I guess. Um, so everything is kind of, it's a little dystopian, futuristic, um, type atmosphere. So there's a lot of technology, um, but you have to find batteries and that is what, once you combine, what is it, four batteries, um, that gives you an ability point that you can use to buy upgrades. And this game has an amazing way of hiding collectibles and batteries and keys and things like that. I know Hell Marcus yeah, and I were talking about that at one point. <laughs> that um, was my uh, favorite, favorite, favorite part about the game is just the exploration and uh, kind of light platforming, but it was just kind of like... Just imagine, like, you are seeing secrets, basically. Like, there's um, little rooms that you can kind of see, but you're like, how do I get to this room? Well, you have to figure out how to get into the room. Or, like, oh, like, there's a platform that I see on the edge of the screen right here. How do I, Let me try to get to this platform. Oh, and then you may be rewarded with, you know, getting one of these batteries, like he said. And so I'm willing to bet that we all were vastly uh, different levels, because I focused heavily on um, finding the batteries. So I had a lot of upgrades for my character, which isn't completely necessary. Like, you can play the game and and beat it without upgrading your character at all. But, um, yeah, we were probably all at vastly different levels uh, or have different skills when it was all said and done. But, yeah, that, that was... I, did you guys like the collecting the batteries part, or was it like a slog for y'all trying to find them? Nah, I mean, I don't, I don't think I wait for. Them. I guess I did do a little bit exploring, but I wouldn't like explicitly always looking for them. It was just kind of like, oh, I'm trying to look for one of these. Be- 
I'm looking for those, and in the process of that, I'll just admit, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Uh, but yeah, I mean. <laughs> yeah, I, I was pretty much insane. Yeah. I would go out of my way. Just just for, I'm curious, so how, how many upgrades did you guys have? Uh, I got double dash, I got the attack dash, uh, I maxed out the health. Uh, so you upgraded that twice? Yeah, yeah. So I did that. I got the other upgrade. I feel like I'm missing something. Oh, I did the uh, the, the the second sword attack. Dude, uh, the hold down the button yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. And I might be missing one other, but oh, yeah. I did do the the shotgun upgrade. So I I had um I only did the charge the sword attack. Oh, and I did the like hitting hitting projectiles. You could reflect them. Um, I did the one where you could uh, just do multiple dashes. I did one health upgrade. Uh, I think I did two two grenades, and I upgraded all the guns at least one level. Actually, yeah, I did upgrade all the guns one level. I just cycled them because, like, I was using the guns. Um, I was using the pistol and the shotgun for the majority of the game, and. Um, when it came to bosses, depending on the boss, I would switch from the pistol to another gun, uh, just because it did more damage. And so at the end of the game, I was using the revolver and the shotgun, but I did really like the railgun too. Um, but yeah, I think my two favorites were the the revolver and the the shotgun, just because the shotgun did so much damage on a boss if you got up close to them. Yeah, I did not get that many upgrades at all. I probably upgraded my attacks. I think I got two attacks, two dash upgrades. Um, I did not get the bombs. I think I upgraded my health once, and then I upgraded the pistol once. And then by the time I beat the game, I still had three ability um, points left to upgrade something. Mm-hmm. But I didn't use them because I was, I was trying to make sure I didn't need to use them. Because that was one thing... I didn't like about the upgrade system was the fact that once you use those points, you can't reapply them somewhere. Because I know I was telling Marcus like Raji was ahead of its time. Um, (laughs) 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 Where you could basically take your ability points and apply them to something else. You know. Yes, ahead of its time. No other game has ever done that. That's how amazingly ahead of that. The time the game was. But that was my only Buy those points to my freaking refund. (laughs) (laughs) That was the only thing I didn't like about the upgrade system. Um, At first, I wanted there to be something that increased, like, your attack damage. But then later on, I was just like, you know what? This is fine. I guess I learned to get good. Yeah, I feel like you do enough damage and get... I mean... I guess that would have been nice to just to you know, like if they have like a hard mode or something like that, which I don't even know if it does. Isn't kind of like a new game plus or boss rush you beat it? Yeah. Did you um uh? So we talked about the uh, RPG parts. Did you did you talk about the the walking around and everything yet? Uh, not yet. Um, so as as everybody's already mentioned, you get a dash um, at some point. Um, but once you get into the game, um, you start off, do you start off in the center? I can't remember exactly where it drops you. 
I want to say you start in the house, right? Yeah. You get. Yeah, there's a cutscene, and the guy takes you to the house, or. Yeah, I believe you do walk up. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you do. They let you. That sounds about right. Yeah, it's been so long since I played that exact um, part of the game. I can't remember how it started. Gotcha, but yeah, essentially there's a... So once you get to the hub world, you're, you find yourself in the center of the map. And you have four directions to travel. North, south, east, and west. And um, I chose to go north first. Um, which way did, did everybody else have like a, a method to choosing which way to go not really I think I just went east real thought behind it actually I think the first time I did play this game up you just reminded me of something I didn't even ask if anybody else had played this game before I didn't play it I, I hadn't played it like I it was a game that I had heard a lot of people mention and talk about on podcasts so it was something that was like oh at some point I'll get around to playing it and this was an opportunity for me to finally do that so Greg you played it before how 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 much how far did you get into it I think like maybe and like I thought it was cool um I liked it I mean I really liked the aesthetic of it the sound design and Dante did you finish the game yeah I finished it 2016 and then I probably played it like um so, Marcus, you wanted to talk about, like, um, walking. Um, were you, like, referring to how slow the, the character moves? and how you No, basically... it was just, like, the exploration. Like, I just okay. really, really appreciated that there was no... I, I really, really, in, like, what I always hear about with um, the first Zelda game, which is not a game that I've played, per se. Like, I've started it, but I haven't, like, played it. Is like, you just are in this world, and now you just have to figure it out, and it kind of reminded me of Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it was just kind of like you're in this world. You have a sword. You can dash. Now get out there and save save us. And like everything is foreign. Um, one of the things that I don't know if we've mentioned uh, that is worth mentioning is that there is no story. In, in the sense of, like, you're not getting, like, a, a wall of text. The way this story is played out in this game is through storyboards. So when you go up to talk to a character, there's no audio that happens. You're just seeing the scene play out with still storyboards. And so you don't have... There's no explanation of what's going on. You see some of these recurring things going on with um this... Anubis-esque type of black dog. What is it, like a greyhound or something? And uh, you see a lot of, like... Um, there's, a, there's a history to the place because you're seeing a lot of structures that have been... that are in disrepair and crumbled or, like, you know, just have a whole lot of overgrowth on them. You're seeing giant robots and, like, skeletons and things, like, just having all this moss and ivy just grown over it so you know something epic or important or big has happened here but you don't know what's going on and then it's 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 really cool one of the things that i read when i was reading some of the reviews of this game that somebody pointed out is that this game is so bright and colorful um but the it's it's set in a dystopia 
and you wouldn't know if you just looked at looked at the game like you know everything is we're at the end times and like people are like the last at least my read on the game is people are in the like amongst the last survivors of their tribe or their specific species of creatures and the music in this game and the the aesthetic of the game is like direct contrast to what is actually happening and that was really that was really sick to me like it drew drew me in for sure yeah that was one thing i really was interested in when i was started playing this game and you run into the characters and like you said marcus when you try to talk to them the dialogue is all given in pictures and they're like these really nice pixel art pictures as well and so it kind of tells a story about their experience of how this world got to the way it is and how they ended up in that on that world um and then um i think one thing i found like in each of the directions um the north um you have or each of the directions you have different species um the north is birds south is lizards the east is otters and then the west is raccoons um so i thought that was kind of cool too the way like in the center you see you know all of the different species coming together um like in all the different vendors and and other uh, npcs that you can talk to um let's see so do y'all want me to go into the story like it's very short like just the setup of it sure because it was meant to be pretty ambiguous um but from what I read online, uh, let me see. Hyperlight Drifter is set in a world where scientists created an immortal cell derived from the power of the god Anubis, who is represented in the form of a jackal. Um, this went bad, and with the cell creating an evil being dubbed Judgment, it caused an apocalyptic event that raised four titans. And those are the entities that you see like at the very beginning of the game. Um, these titans were defeated at a great cost. Uh, with the scientists locking the still active cell away. And it sees the main character, who is a part of a race that roams the ruined world, uncovering old technology and knowledge, being tasked by Anubis to destroy the cell before it can raise the Titans once again. And I think that's pretty much it. Um, Y'all already mentioned, like, um, the main character um, stopping to cough every now and then, like he's coughing up blood. And that is, um, you know, it was influenced by the main or the um, the developer, Alex Preston, um, and his uh, situation with congenital heart disease. Um, so if that... I guess one, you gave this show. Right. It's like like they were saying with the whole... They do. There's one in each area. I think it's at the beginning when, like, you're you're basically facing them. Or at least what's left of them. But a lot a, of this stuff inferred. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I did want to ask: Does anybody feel like I was like detracted from your enjoyment? I uh, think it kind of detracted. Yeah, I was hoping that throughout the game you would uncover like more of these pictures and it would put together the story for you. But I don't think it necessarily did that. I think it was like either telling the same part of the story. Or telling parts of the story that had no continuity. Right, I, I'm pretty much I, the the thing. I also I 
I didn't understand the story or like get anything from it, but I got a lot of enjoyment from the game itself. So I kind of overlooked it. And when I read up, because usually what I do when we play a game is I, you know, beat it and try to have my own interpretation. And then I try to read what people that have dug deeper said about the game. And I read what people said about this game. And I was just like, I mean, I get like it it just kind of like it had no bearing on my enjoyment of the game in the in the in hindsight but in the moment i was just like yo i have no idea what's going on and it it took me a little bit it was very jarring when i started playing i was just kind of like okay what do i do but then when i realized like it was one of those games where you just kind of just go and you do whatever you feel like doing then it like then i was just like okay cool and like i didn't really find myself really talking to people and like it, it just kind of was like, well, I'm not going to get any new insight from this. So, like, I don't necessarily need to interact with this person. And so it kind of made the... I felt like, in in a sense, it was like you truly are a drifter. Because you have no attachment to what is going on. You're, like, here. You're solving their issue. And then you're, like... it it, it, it That's kind of how it made me feel. Where it's just like, I'm just here. I'm going to solve this problem. Then I'm gone. And so, like, you didn't have the attachment that uh, I feel like you would normally have in these type of games. Right. Yeah, I don't. I don't feel like it. I think I was just kind of enjoying the the gameplay loop, kind of like the whole aesthetic. It really didn't bug me. It was just kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, I really. And I was like, well, I'll end up just leaving an explanation. Of this like high key. Um, not that they're the same games, but it's like this is like. Dead Cells, but without the codex and the tomes to give you more context to the world. It's like the same thing where like you can play Dead Cells and not know anything that's going on and it doesn't really matter. But there is like a story and there is lore and there's history that you can read in that game. And this is like that, except for they just removed it all. Like there is a lot of be actively in, but the- like you go into labs and like yeah the areas you're to. And and that's what I was going to mention, too. Like, at the beginning of the game, there's an area where you pass by, like, this... I guess it's um, a Titan's body part. Um, and you, you you might walk past, like, old robots that are, like, broken down um, and covered with moss or whatever. And then later on, you go underground and you see, like, this laboratory and, and all these things. And you start piecing together, like, oh, this must be, like, a... A science experiment or something like that going on um you constantly see like a, a heart beating all the time um and you know those types of things lend itself to not necessarily to the story but to the the uh, the present i guess like it, it's not telling you what happened before it's more situational it's where a greater it's piece of the lore right um, so, for the most part, this game does play out like a a Zelda game. Um, like I was saying earlier, you follow the different directions, um, north, northeast, south, and west. Um, south is blocked by three barricades at first, so you can't do that one until you've completed northeast and west. Um, so, I think I mentioned I went north first. And once you get there, um, you make your way to, 
um, you can actually use the mini map and that will show you these little blips on the map where you have to get to and they're kind of like cells that you have to unlock and once you unlock four of them it will open up um, like a pillar in the central area <clears throat> and and as you're doing that you eventually run into a boss in each area um, I guess we don't have to talk about every single boss because there are um, several of them but um, did y'all have a a favorite well first of all did y'all have a favorite area that you traveled to before going to the south uh, well, I guess mini bosses, but some some of them, honestly, some of them took me as long to fight as the actual bosses for each area. So, uh, just to give more context, then to kind of answer your question too, Dante, like uh, each of the first, you know, north, west, and east, you're getting uh, keys or cubes or whatever pieces to kind of build out this larger like kind of pylon or whatever and you know you each of these are accented or they, there's a boss at the end once you've you know to each of these sections well when you go to the bottom just getting one of those pieces you fight like a boss or like a sub boss or a mini boss or whatever so um, I felt like the game was well thought out where it was like, instead of giving you full access and you'd be able to go north, south, east, and west, they locked, they, they kind of gate the south because it is going to have the most amount of combat in it. So it kind of allows the player to get used to playing the game and getting their bearings with the combat system. So then when you're going south, you're going to fight a, a, a sub boss or whatever you want to refer to it um, for every single piece you get. And then there's the final boss. So, like, you're fighting one boss east, one boss west, one boss north. But then when you go south, you're fighting four four sub-bosses and then a main boss. Or the final boss, I guess you could say. So, you're, there's there's more to the south than the others. So, <laughs> right. To so answer your question, Dante. quiet today. So, there's four bosses. Yeah, and the final boss. But... I mean, like I said, some some of the right. sub bosses, you know, took about the same amount of time as the regular bosses. Whether that be because some of the regular bosses were like really easy, or some of the sub bosses, you know, gave me a few problems. And I guess just to quickly, none of the enemies to whichever way you go, that doesn't make, essentially the only benefit you get is. It's like good and bad because it's like there you get used to fighting enemies or let me rephrase that um, each area has specific enemies to that area of the map. So like if you were to start north and you got you progress really far north, you're like fighting specific types of enemies and like he's saying they don't necessarily they don't scale. So if you go east, you're fighting completely different types of enemies. Um, and it, it, it's kind of cool because you have to learn the patterns of a lot of different enemies, um, or I shouldn't say a lot, but a decent amount. Um, and they, the only bad thing or bad part about it is like, I know I felt like near the end of the game, they just kind of artificially ramp up the difficulty by 
putting you in positions where you're facing more enemies and there's more insta-kill kind of spots as well. Uh, There's like a couple of, I guess, dungeon-esque type environments in the south part that were, oh, like these blocks, these boulders are like, they move. And if you get caught by one and you slam it against the wall, it's instant death. And they just so happen to throw that in an area where it's kind of hard to see. And they just throw a bunch of enemies at you at the same time. And um, so they, they, there's some cheap there's some cheap deaths there. Um, but other than that, I do I feel like the game is pretty fair and uh, teaches you the combat in, in a good way. So that way, when you're at the very end of the game, like everything is, everything should be clicking. So even though you're facing more high-level enemies, you, know, um, you should have enough of grasp, a good enough grasp of the combat and enough tools to be able to handle them pretty handily. Except for if you're Trevor. <laughs> I didn't need those abilities. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, and to, yeah, to answer your question, Trevor, I think my favorite boss was probably the frog boss. I really the, when mm-hmm. you went east, I really liked that one. Um, and then um, I also like the like the mage boss, sub boss at the when you went south and you got one of the pieces. Where he was like floating and did a bunch of like AOE attacks. Um, that that boss was kind of interesting as well. I liked. Um trying to think if it was a boss or a sub boss i think it was a sub boss um but it's the one where you're like um i think he it's like a a frozen area where like they're or not frozen but their enemies like encased in crystal that's to the left Mm mm-hmm yeah that yeah that is west um and like you can kind of lead him like so at certain points during that boss fight, he will go up to those pillars or those crystals with enemies inside of them and release them. And then you have more ads to, you know, to deal with, uh, during that fight. Um, but if you kind of bait him to use his attack, he'll end up, um, destroying those crystals with the enemies in them. So you can basically, you know, make him defeat his own ads. So I thought that was one of the cooler bosses. I also like the um the final boss battle. Yeah, I was, yeah, it was cool. Of, I was trying to think of my favorite. I think it was it's probably one of the longer encounters. What about you, Dante? Oh yeah. I actually thought um before I found out that this game didn't scale, I thought that one was really easy just because it was the first boss that I fought. But I think I, pretty easy. Mm, I did like the character design of them though. Yeah, I I mean that was probably my favorite area too. Just it was it was really cool. Like as far as like the um the water. Um, yeah, environment. yeah, just messing around mm-hmm. with that, and I had uh, I think I had uh, that was my. Fr- Did you guys get like I don't want to say lost but stuck, or was that just me? Only so in the west. So what I mean is like so I went and I started the game going north and I think I got two or three pieces but I felt like I couldn't f- progress any further. And oh yeah, I, I kind of 
so I got stuck one time. Like, so when I did the first one, I guess I started once. But when I did uh, East first, I could only find three of the the switches. And then for the North, I only found two at first, and then for round three, and I ended up just kind of going back and just kind of looking around again and being like, well, I gotta, I had to miss something. Um, and the game does give you general areas where they, uh, where the switches are, but you still kind of have to figure it out, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, you can kind of look around the area, but it may or may not actually help you. Cause there's a couple times where it, it looks like it's somewhere near where you would be. And it definitely doesn't. I'm just going to throw this out map. Probably not as helpful map in a garbage, sure. garbage. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I guess it's meant to. That's kind of what they wanted. I think, but it's just kind of like what they what they wanted to do. It. I feel like it was a deficiency, but I I also agree that like we shouldn't be like looking at our map. We should be like, oh, we you know we recognize this place and we just need to keep going east and we're gonna get to the spot and 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 not like resorting to the map. But if that's the case, just. I don't know the way the map I was. I hated it. It might have been better if they just. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I thought the map was good in terms of telling you that you've already collected a piece in this specific area. Um, that way, because it usually corresponded to the elevators. Like, if there's an elevator in that vicinity, then you know that, you know, the piece or you know is already there or you've already gotten it that was the way i looked at it. i didn't use it to navigate at all because i mean it's you couldn't yeah, <laughs> yeah. especially if you tried to do the underground map with the lines and all that yeah thing. i didn't understand that, that yeah cool. yeah it didn't make any sense to me at all. but i, I think yeah. the the underground map shows you where everything is in terms of like the elevators so like the lines going up and down those were the elevators that you could use and then um, it, it, I think it's supposed to show you like how to get where you're going. Whereas the top level map just shows you like the general vicinity of where you are. Like you might see a landmark where there's like a a large staircase near you or something like that. But it's it's not accurate. The top level map isn't accurate at all. And then the underground map is only accurate in terms of like elevators. Well, I struggled with it, and um, I try not to use it, but I, I, what I was saying is I went north, got a couple of pieces, but I didn't finish it because I didn't see the boss, and then I went west, and I got a couple of pieces, but didn't finish it, and I was like, I am went back north to try to get further, but I couldn't, and then when I went east, then I just, like, I, I, like bodied it. I, I got, like, all the pieces and fought the boss, and I was just like... Damn, maybe I should have started East first because I was able to clear it out so easily in comparison to the other two. No, I I actually got lost in the East. Like it was difficult trying to traverse that area compared to the North and the West or North and the um Did Actually you start no. East? I take that back. I got lost in the West. Yeah, yeah. The the forest area. And honestly, I feel like that is part of the game design where I feel like no matter what direction you go, I, I think that you're supposed to, like, struggle. Or not, I, I shouldn't say struggle, but you're supposed to, like, hit a, hit a wall and then, you know, like, oh, let me see if I can make progress this other way. Because I, I don't think it was, 
I don't think it's meant for you to just be like, okay, I'm going to start in whatever direction I'm going to start. I'm going to be able to clear out 100%. Like, that's not how this game is. And it was just something that I wasn't expecting. I was thinking like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go over here and fight this boss. And I'm going to go over here and fight this boss. And the game had other plans for me. What's interesting is I didn't find any keys. I, I went north, east, and then west. I didn't find any keys until I got to the west. And I think that's attributed to me getting lost. And then just stumbling upon keys, trying to figure out where to go next. Yeah, yeah, and and I ran into so many doors where there was just like, this thing requires this many keys, and I'm like, dang, I haven't even found one key, and this mm-hmm. door requires like fifteen. And I mean, even still, when I beat the game, I think I beat the game with only three keys, and I did a ton of exploring uh, as I we talked about earlier because I had a bunch of upgrades, and I didn't run into too many keys. So I'm just like, man, like. There's so much more to this game that I haven't seen, and um, thankfully there wasn't a percentage completion because that would have driven me crazy. Um, <laughs> and it, it it adds to the uh, allure and the the mysteriousness of the game, where I don't know uh, how much more there is to it. Um, but I do know that if I were to start, like, if I were to pick up this game again, I definitely like I, I would want to start with my existing versus going to a new game plus because I would want to like continue along the path I had already started and trying to clear that out because I I have to think there has to be some sort of uh, alternate ending depending on how many keys you find or like when you're accessing new areas that um, 15 door keys and 12 door keys I have to think that like when you beat the boss, you're going to see something different than when you just beat it like how the four of us did. There's like some, uh, not statues, but little st- look like stone things that have words on them that you mm-hmm. uh, yep. find through. Yep. What do those do? I have no idea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, like, I never played um, Fez, but like this game made me think of like, this is to an extent, like, I know, I know at Fez it was just kind of like the, the community was solving the game as it was released and coming out and people like digging deeper and deeper in it and like this game to an extent made me feel that way where it's just like I don't know what's going on and anything and I just gotta keep playing and then I'll like maybe I'll run into it and it'll start to make sense that's just kind of how like <laughs> one thing I, I experienced this game when I was looking up the story one thing I saw was those um those pillars with text on them um, can actually be translated outside of the game. It's nothing that is involved inside of the game. I can't remember what they say though, but once you collect all of them, it'll show you like the text all together. Cause I think it's, it's different parts of a story, but then once you find all of them, it'll piece it together for you. And then you can take that and translate it outside of the game. So Greg, what was your question? Um, you'll find these like, pieces of stone that have uh like text on them that you'll find in the environment and i was yeah, just yeah, curious yeah, yeah. what okay. those do there yeah. is a uh, with all of these little certain number of them activated i'm pretty but i don't think anything actually happens happens so i i can't answer your question i did find the room it's actually kind of interesting but it had a quick access to like i found that thing like the secret passage in the north <laughs> um, so yeah i just shared the um those stones with y'all pictures of them like the four of them or the ones in each area that you can find and then what they translate to 
or I guess the translation key. Crazy. While, while he's looking at that, I I have a random question for you guys. Um, it better we, not be. You posted in the chat. That's all. Just <laughs> put it in the chat. Um, yeah, I um, I was just curious because we we're talking about this game, but I don't know if I know how you guys feel about the game. Uh, was there anything else in this game beyond the map that you didn't like? Uh, not, I, not really. I think everything's good. I don't know. I could have used a little bit more variety and stuff. In the enemies, in the in the uh, ability, like in the what I, you do. When I said that, I kind of felt bad about it because there is a pretty good variety of enemies, but you do just have the, like, the one sword thing. And I mean, I. It got a little same. I could I could see that. Like one of my, besides the map, my like, I don't feel like combat was as tight as I wanted to be, and just like I, the movement a little bit too, like the the the, the dash system. I, I felt like especially later in the game when they started throwing more enemies at you, you were fighting them in in closer quarters. So it kind of took away your ability to be this drifter and be able to dash around and everything. Um, so, and and I would have liked to be able to, like, be more flashy and, like, try to link all these kills all together and everything. And it just, this game isn't like that. Um, like, I, it's kind of like I almost wanted the game to be a little bit more faster paced than it was. There's a lot of really for me to care about it because I didn't have like maybe like these stakes every look just like that person. So I got a little bit of that, a little interaction that I could have fixed. That I think that would. What about you, Trevor and Greg? As far as like anything we didn't like or. Yeah, I like, I like just the, the vibe I get with this episode right now is we're talking about the game, mm-hmm. but not like we're talking around it too. Like. Uh, I told, I said how I enjoyed the the open world, and I really enjoyed the setting and the and the aesthetic and the environment. And I don't know what you guys like and don't like about this game I, right now. I feel like the this game as a whole isn't like mind blowing. Like I love the visuals. Um, like I'm I'm with you. I like the setting. Um, the gameplay is solid to me, but there's nothing groundbreaking about it. And I don't necessarily know if, if it needs to be groundbreaking to be a good game though. That's the thing. Um, but overall I'm, I'm positive on this game. Um, it's there, there's just, um, yeah, I, well, I won't say but, you know, because like I said, I think it's a good game. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really have anything. I mean, outside of me being like, I mean, I guess that's just kind of how the. Um, I mean, outside of that, it's uh it's not like you know, not one of my favorite games, but I appreciate it for what it was. So yeah, I mean, it's not, it, it, it's unique in some ways, I guess. Uh, not enough where it's going to be like. Five ten years from now. I, so, I and this is my second time going in. 
you've heard the talk about hyper light drift like braid last and Hades. like it's in that pan generally speaking but it, that's like the competition yeah do you guys were you a little confused like i kind of am right this is the type of discussion that i wanted to have thank you and yes this game is awesome you guys are so ho-hum about this game. And so, like, it's fine. It didn't blow my mind, but I love the visuals and all this stuff. And, like, this game is dope as hell. Like, the fact that this game doesn't have a story. and Well, let me rephrase it. The, the fact that the game doesn't really explain itself. It can be so engaging. Like, I was playing this game. I played this game for, like, 30 minutes. And I was just like, huh, like, this is interesting. And then, I, you know, I stopped and then... I picked it back up and I played another 30 minutes. And at that point, I was like, I was in. I don't know. I was just like, I kept finding myself wanting to keep playing this game and keep playing this game. And like, I am not a Zelda person per se. Like, I really, 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 really like Breath of the Wild. But the other Zelda games are kind of just like whatever. And like, this game, like, I can see, I mean, this game came out before. Breath of the Wild, not to say that it's on par with that or anything like that, but I can see the appeal of like, let's just drop you in this place and you can just figure things out. Um, I wish the combat was a little bit more, like I said, responsive. And I wish that enemies, I I, I wish it was harder. Like, honestly, I saw a lot of people in reviews and things that I I read, people talking about the difficulty in this game, and I didn't necessarily feel like it was hard enough. Um, but this game like scratches that same itch that I get that I love to that I get from when I play Dead Cells and when I play Breath and of the Wild Sekiro and Ninja Gaiden Black. No, no, not those games. So like, yeah, like I put this game up there with Dead Cells, with um, Super Meat Boy, with Braid, with Bastion, with all those like iconic or like well-regarded indie games because it belongs there. And the way you guys are just saying, like, eh, it's it's fine. Like, you guys don't... Like, um, there's so many indie games that we play that, like, don't do shit. <laughs> like, not not to say the games we've talked about on this podcast, but just, like, in general. And, like, this, this game is... I think this game, like, its, it's strong suit is the setting, and the themes for each of the directions that you can go. I think that's where its strong suits lie. But then beyond that, it doesn't do that much. Like beyond, you know, other games uh, in the same genre. That's that's the part but, that's... But we're, we just talked about how, like, there's all these things in this game that we haven't even been able to find or, like, understand or, like, even experience. So it's like you're we're what we are talking about is like a surface level of what there is in this I, game. I mean, I that's fine that there's extra stuff. But I think the thing is is that if you're trying to compare it to Jesus, that was the public sentiment and the fact that this game is held up in the regards in amongst the games that we are talking about that are also held up in high regard and public sentiment and this aspect it is you guys that are um, the minority and not the public in this and for this specific game like if it's not connecting with you that's cool but like if other people are saying like this 
is a classic indie game and it's held, you know, it's talked about, it's well reviewed and everything, then it's like it's just not connecting with you and not necessarily it's not connecting and compelling other people. I could see, you know, I I, I could get the appeal of it to to that point. I don't think it's, and it's not like I think it's a a bad experience or like a middle of the road experience. I think it's good, but it just, I, I guess I wouldn't put it on like my list of like favorite indie games or whatever but yeah i mean it's definitely a, a good game um, yeah like, and i can I see how it would go that far yeah i don't think any of you guys are for, for the record i don't think any of you guys are saying this is a bad game but it just was like there seemed to be no uh Passion. yeah which is which is also fine because there are plenty of games that we've played that have like we kind of just were ho-hum about but it, it just was like this game is like I don't want to say an important game, but it is like a well-regarded game. You guys got to give a little bit more than what you're giving. <laughs> like, I don't know. We, I, we I, go I, ahead. I'm gonna I'm gonna give a different angle on it. I'm just... Yeah, I mean, poten- potentially. I I mean, I don't don't get it twisted. I play a lot of indie games. Um, yeah, but down this like Zelda-esque variety. Yeah, yeah. So like, like so. Isometric yeah, yeah. Oriented. Yeah, so I, I I play a lot of indie games, and like I think it's doing something really cool in this space that I am less familiar with. So yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. Um, but I don't know. Like there, there's just a lot here, and the fact that I'm like, uh, I was compelled, and it was beyond just the collecting part. It was just like I want to see what is what all there is to see in this game. Like, oh, I only. I'm assuming there's eight pieces or beacons or whatever we want to call it in each of these cardinal directions. You only need like four to lift the pylon. What happens when you get eight? I don't know right now because I haven't been able to figure out all eight. And I'm like, this is one of those games too where like if there was a percentage and this is, I'm going to put myself on blast. Usually if there's a percentage in a game like, oh, you know, you're this much percent you know out of the hundred percent to you know a hundred percent this game um after i beat the game i'm like all right cool uh nothing is sacred and i'm going to uh just 100 percent this game so i'm gonna look up where to find this stuff i will like i don't intend to do that with this game like i want to organically try to find everything because i got that much enjoyment out of the exploration part of this game and um I, I, at some point, I may, but like I'm, I'm gonna do what I can, like to fully explore the north, to fully explore the east, to fully explore the west, the south, before I resort to looking online to like how to find this last piece or how do I get this or whatever. So, yeah, I, 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 I really, really like this game. I, I guess that's fair. I, I just, I'd be more compelled. I, I find their depth. Yep. Whereas this one, it's more. I, I don't even want to general, but like a there's lot of not puzzles. Finding the little square on the ground and then finding the path. Yeah, but it, it's yeah. not the same way. It's not a puzzle like you do in Zelda, where it's like, oh, I gotta, there's, I gotta stand on this thing, or I gotta move this thing here, or like, you know, there's a switch or anything like that. Like, all there is is like, oh, like, oh, I see a symbol. There's something secret here. Oh, like, I was able to walk off the side of the screen right here, and I walked into a, a secret room, or I found an invisible platform or whatever. So it's like a different type of puzzle slash exploration uh, than you would find in Zelda, but I I still appreciate it in this game. And yeah, it's cool how they... Yeah. A little bit. 
I don't know. I just it's like it's it's usually like to me it it is a little corny, uh, but you know when you're playing a game and then it's just like oh like there's a switch here to activate this thing and it's like you know in real life that wouldn't be the case or whatever and like obviously in real life there wouldn't be squares and invisible platforms and everything but it, it the thing I appreciate is like. Um, there is a little bit of like more subtlety in this game with how they hide stuff where it's just like oh like if you literally like if you walk over to the left right here in this little corner you're into a secret room because from what we can see it just looks like it's just grass and there's nothing there and I and I really like how some of the secrets were hidden in this game or obscured or like you you think you're seeing everything that's available in this space but there's more than meets the eye and i really appreciated a lot of the um uh subtle subtle things that they did and obviously i mean i talked about it too but just the the setting the the um the world was really really engaging to me and then the music it it wasn't bangers but it was definitely like a vibe and i yeah i just that package with the exploration was all I needed. Like, the combat was second... I mean, it was enjoyable, but, like, I agree with you guys where the combat wasn't, like, best in class or anything else, but all the other stuff, I really dug. Uh, I, I like all the same things that you like. I wish they were incorporated more into the the present story, the one that you're playing because it seems like they all work to like piece together and and I don't want to keep rehashing you know the same thing but it is like they all um kind of piece together like a what happened in the past and it's not a complete story it's it's left to be ambiguous which is okay you know there's nothing wrong with that but I wish there was more to the present story of the game yeah, I just I just wanted to go to bat for this game and like you know uh, talk about it because I'm not knocking like... this game at all. This game is is definitely um, not not in my bottom um, half. The of my vibe list. I'm getting is it's going to be the middle of the pack for the majority of you guys, probably at, at the best. Because what we play we play Shenmue this year, so that that bottom spot is taken. Gotcha. I, don't, I don't think anything is going to dethrone that one. <laughs> what game is that? Well, yeah, I just I just wanted to, um, you know, talk about the game a little more. So I appreciate the question. Do you have anything else, Dante? Because you guys have been answering like all my I, questions. I will I say, to... yes, yeah, to... that was the part where what? I was just like, you guys Gosh, are so whack a... right now. So, so one of the things uh, I guess I tried to do on this episode was before we started the discussion, um, I tried to like lay out, okay, here's the um, the gameplay mechanics, and here's the gist of the story, and then we kind of started talking, and then I guess we teeter off on different things, but that was to kind of help move the the discussion a little bit faster because with Raji we talked about all those things in in depth um because i mean it's such a, a great game why would you not 
So, Raji went too long in this game in comparison. will have gone, not, I won't say too short. I think this is like a good length. But, you know, it's just like, y'all are like, oh, this is fine. Or, you know, I like this. Or this is cool. And it's just like, dang, like. <laughs> there was definitely more passion in the Raji that much. Yeah, yeah. Passion of Raji. contrast. So, I think Hyperlight Drifter. Um, well, d- wait, do we have any more questions? Um, okay. I have one question. Um, I know everybody's not like blown away by Hyperlight Drifter. I think everybody is positive about it. But would y'all look into playing um, Solar Ash? Just based on playing this game. As far as I can tell, yeah. or no, they don't have anything to do with each other. But yeah, I mean, I would. Just kind of based on knowing the history of the studio, and then you know seeing what this game can deliver. I mean. It's the same way I felt about Subset. Like, when I played, like, not saying I like this game as much as FTL, but it was just like, I don't care what they put out next. I'm getting it. That's how I feel about, (laughs) that's how I felt about Subset. Go from FTL to Into the Breach and now Into the Breach into whatever. That's how I feel right now about this game. I'm like, I don't care what the next thing they put out. I'm getting it. You kind of word the question in a reveal. I remember whatever event it was when I heard it was by the Hyperlight people. I thought they did better work than, well, not better work, but. Like Dang. I'm kind of surprised. I thought, granted, I'm okay with that comment. Based off of off of your question, off of this game alone, I would play their next game. Okay, yeah, that's that's pretty much what I was asking. Your um your comment just reminded me of this this video clip that's been floating around with Kevin Hart and uh, Don Cheadle. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that. Have not. Uh, I'll send it to you. Elaborate. Um. But, yeah, it just reminded me of that. Well, if we don't have any more questions, um, Greg, great game, great experience? Uh, yeah, great game, great experience. <laughs> uh, Trevor, great game, great experience? I think it was a good game, great experience. Dante, great game, great experience. I very good. I think this is an excellent game, and I think that you guys, if you're listening to this, you guys should give it a shot and see if you guys like it or be like these curmudgeons. You're being like, I don't even know, man. You're being a little precious right now. We all like this game. You can't make us into criminals or. Do you know? (laughs) It's good. It's good. It's, it's fine. <laughs> exactly. Like if, that's If I had played this game earlier, earlier on, it would have been amongst a bunch of other games. And and honestly, um, I wouldn't have remembered it. But because we played this for the podcast I, and, and discussed it, I think I'll remember it more. I just want to say, when I... When I go back to listen to this, I'm talking to myself right now, Marcus. When you go back and listen to what Trevor just said, I want you to rewind it and listen to everything that Trevor said in this past episode and see if it sounds like a game that he thinks is good. Because every time he's couched in, he's couched every single comment he said with, it's not this, but I like, you know, like every, every time, every time. Every time. <laughs> He's like, I like this, but... I mean... Or... <laughs> listen, 
we're following up Raji here. <laughs> okay, real talk. Real talk. Do you like this game less than Raji? Um, you you should change. Does he like it more than? Because he loves Raji. Uh, seems like he likes Raji. I I I didn't know Trevor liked Raji this much. That's that's the I... thing is like. I thought we were all on the same page that Raji did some interesting things, but it wasn't a great game. I don't think you remember that great game, great experience he said at the end. <laughs> I guess not. I think Raji did what it was set out to do. I don't think... I think this game does... <laughs> Failed to hit expectations. I think it, it does what it sets out to do, but what it was trying to do wasn't like anything groundbreaking like i said before i don't i don't think it was meant to you know of course any any studio any developer is going to want to knock it out of the park but i don't think this game started off by saying okay i have a really unique concept for a game i I think this one started i don't know i think so i i respect your opinion Mm. I don't necessarily agree with your opinion. I'm, I'm just... So, you're saying Raji knocked out what it was trying to do out the park. What exactly was it? It was trying to expose people to Hindu, Hindu story and mythology, right? Uh, I think that aspect they did. Okay. But, like, the gameplay was knocked out of the park? I, I think what he said after the gameplay for... And I, I get what he's saying, too, because... The metrics that we're using, what Raji had to do to something like Hyperlight Drifter, an indie game that was it developed by where the developer is? Yeah, California. Okay, it was California. So, like, for Raji to be substantially different, the other games of it is such a different thing than, you know, Raji having to be different than any other games of itself because. It really doesn't have any other games in India, correct? Or, like, indie game, at least. Um, yeah, to be more um, widely published or publicized. <laughs> may, may I ask one question? <coughs> Did you say how many people worked on Hyperlight Drifter? Um, I think after they got funded, um, they got, like, a full team backing for it. So, like, like 10, 10 people? or I don't remember exactly. I don't so basically the guy the guy was like I'm going to put this game up and I'm going to like create this game and I'm going to do this while I'm dealing with this heart condition and I'm going to have surgery and Trevor's like I mean I see your life's work but you know it's not as good as Raj <laughs> I mean the, the fact that the fact that that's a part of this this game's development makes it a Trevor as Trevor game I mean, and, and I I'm gonna let you, that. you know, deal with your heart issue, but like, you need to put some soul in this game Stop too. Making Trevor into a villain here, come on, come on. <laughs> making him go after the developer with a heart. Oh. I said, good game, great experience. I mean, <laughs> when you followed up after, you know, what, classic. What game more do you play. want from me? <laughs> All right, yeah, you're right though. My bad. Um, but no, I, I thoroughly enjoy this game. Uh, as far as the combat, um, I know we kind of discussed this game already, but just to go back, as far as the combat, um, this was that, I think this was a good place as far as difficulty for me um, 
when it came to the combat. It wasn't like too long. Um, and um, it wasn't like too difficult to the point where I don't want to play this game anymore. Okay, well, I said excellent, excellent. Greg said great and great. Trevor said good and great. And Dante said good and good. So check it out. <laughs> um, where can people find you at, Dante? People can find me at twitch.tv slash Skyward Sword. Wait, you okay. play the remake again? Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Where can people find you at, Greg? You can find me on Twitter at Boombox Hero. Uh, Where can people find you at, Trevor? You can find me on the internet at Lyricon Song. You can find me on Twitch. Nah, just kidding. On Twitter at Potato Salad. Um, if you like tuning in to Miss Checkpoints to find out about hidden gems, cult classic, and indie games, and share us with your friends, family, and the not shitty subreddit communities you're in. Comment on our Facebook page, add us on Twitter, leave us a review, preferably five stars on Apple Podcasts, so we can appear higher in the leisure category. Um, so that will wrap up, what, July? <laughs> and um, so we'll be picking it up with this month with uh, Beautiful Joe. It's my game. I'm very excited. It was the, uh, when we first started Miss Checkpoints, this was a game that's been on my list since we first started the show and we finally I finally got it on the list so I'm I'm very very hyped about this so do you guys got anything else potential potential yeah wait on it um well uh with that we're missed checkpoints and we're out peace